Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Today we're looking at uh, 1 Samuel 7, verse 12, and the title of the message is Ebenezer. So if you have your Bibles open, let's read 1 Samuel 7, 12. It says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and he called its name Ebenezer saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. You know, it is so good to remember what God has done in our lives in the past uh, because it brings encouragement to the present challenges that you face today. When you think about the difficulties that you go through and you look back and you think, oh wow, you know what, I was in a tough situation before and I thought this is never going to work out and then I prayed and prayed and then God worked it out, right? In my own life, that's happened so many times where I just thought this is the end of the road and then yet God just somehow helps me to keep going. And so it's good for us to remember what God has helped us through in the past. And, you know, in the world, we might call those milestones, right? You know, when you graduate high school or graduate college. But in the spiritual realm, in your spiritual life, here, that's what the Ebenezer Stone is about. And, and most of us has, have experienced those kind of things where, uh, you know, you just feel like, I don't see how this can work out, and then God makes a way out. And so, you know, it's important for us to be reminded to think of those things. And many of us could testify of the grace of God and the faithfulness of God to deliver us through difficulties and problems that we thought, I don't know if I can go through this. And Samuel here it, uh, sets up a stone as a memorial and a monument to the faithfulness of God, and he calls it Ebenezer. And, and it was to remind everyone who saw it of the faithfulness of God. And this is so important. And so that's what he's talking about in verse 12 when it says Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. And that's what Ebenezer means, that the Lord has helped us. And it's interesting that Samuel put this stone in the very same place where 20 years earlier, the children of Israel suffered one of the greatest military defeats in the history of the nation uh, of Israel against the Philistines. You know, when they were defeated, everything was going wrong. They weren't really following God. Uh, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest's sons, they brought the Ark of the Covenant to the front line. And then the enemies, the Philistines, they captured the Ark of the Covenant. And 30,000 Israeli soldiers were defeated. Hophni and Phinehas uh, were doing evil. And they died. And then the high priest died. And, and Phinehas' wife had a, a, a child. And because everything seemed terrible, she named his child Ichabod. So don't ever name your child Ichabod. Ichabod means the glory has departed from Israel. You know, it was a time of great defeat and grief and anguish in the nation of Israel. Why? Well, because they weren't following God. But what's interesting now in chapter 7, they're on the very same battlefield and where they had experienced defeat 20 years earlier in, in chapter 4. And now in chapter 7, they're celebrating victory over the very same enemies on the very same battlefield. And now Samuel st sets up a stone uh, and he calls it Ebenezer. And, and, and that is the background of verse 12 when it says Samuel took a stone, set it up between uh, Mizpah and Shen, and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Now, 
it's a picture for us here uh, in 1 Samuel 4, defeat, and 1 Samuel 7, victory. And, and God wants us to learn from uh, their mistakes and from their victories. And so we want to ask ourselves, why were the children of Israel defeated in chapter 4? Well, if you were here, you know it was because uh, they went out against the enemy without seeking the help of God. They went out on their own strength and their own flesh, and they faced the enemy. And, and that never is successful. When you just think about it in your own life, how many times have you thought, I don't need to pray about this, right? I can deal with this in my own strength. I, I'm capable. And then you go out, and then, ooh, right? then, then things, bad things happen, right? And, and, and so important for us as we go through life to learn this lesson from the children of Israel that as we go through life, God wants to speak to you. He wants to direct you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to have victory. But if you tell him, I don't need you. I got this. I don't need to pray about it. Right? Well, we've experienced it, right? So we don't want to think too much about that because that's really a bummer. But the Bible teaches that we should beware of trusting in our own strength. In fact, in Ephesians 6.10, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? His might. I love that verse, right? So we're to be strong, but not in our own strength, in his strength. And they were defeated because they went out in their own strength, and they were defeated because they didn't repent of their sin, right? Uh, When the conflict first started with the Philistines, they had a little minor defeat. And what did they do? Instead of praying, in fact, there was no mention of them ever praying, what did they do? When they had a little defeat, they blamed God, right? And, uh, They were saying, God, why are you doing this to us? And God, why did you allow this to happen? And they chose to blame blame God for the problems that they created rather than looking at their own choices and taking responsibility. Now, I think this is a huge, important lesson for us to learn as we study the Bible and as we learn what God wants to teach us is that quite often our problems don't come from God. The majority of my problems come from my bad choices and my bad decisions and my own mistake. For many people, the moment something goes wrong, then they blame God. God, why'd you do this? God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? And I think it's so important because we live in a society that basically now is training generation after generation of people to blame everybody else for you know, their, their choices. And so it's important for us to realize that the children of Israel, that's what they did. They, they didn't seek God. They went out in the strength of their own flesh and they were doing their own thing. They, were in rebe- they weren't doing what God wanted them to do. And, you know, they were just looking to their own, you know, hey, we know what to do. We don't need God. And instead of praying, they made bad choices and then they blamed God. And so what they should have done was prayed and said, God, what do you want us to do, right? Sometimes people live in denial. Now, I'm sure that everybody in this room has known somebody in your lifetime who lives in denial. It is very easy to look at somebody else and say, oh yeah, that person is out of touch with reality and they're living in denial. But what is one of the most difficult things that you will ever do in life is see the truth about yourself, right? To be able to look at yourself and say, am I in denial? Am I, you know, uh, perceiving things correctly and so you know quite often people choose to live in denial and and then that leads to people saying why'd God do this now the Bible says in Isaiah 59 1 behold the Lord's hand is not shortened uh, that he cannot save nor his ear heavy that he cannot hear but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear so it's not God's ability to work on your behalf it's not God's lack of desire to work on your behalf it is our sin that separates us from God. And so the Bible says that sin 
destroys our relationship with God. When we're living in sin and rebellion, it's like the teenager who wrecked the car and then says, can I borrow 100 bucks? And then, hey, can you also pay for me to go to Disney World? And, uh, and I just start asking for stuff when it's like, hey, we got to get this sorted out. There's a problem, right? Now, David understood this truth about sin separates, right? Because David, remember, David was a man after God's own heart, but he did sin. And in Psalm 139, he said in verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me and know my anxieties, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. I love that verse. It's, it's in, my, in my prayer list that, that I want to pray, Lord, search my heart and show me the truth about myself. Lord, and, and if there's anything wicked in my mind, in my heart, in my attitude, Lord, help me to see it, and then, Lord, change me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, that is the path to a fruitful life as a believer. And if the children of Israel would have prayed and said, God, show us the truth about our situation, the outcome would have been different. God would have showed them. And so another reason they were defeated was because they didn't seek God's guidance about the battle, about how to do it, how to go uh, you know, into battle. And they, uh, so they just did their own thing, and they were defeated. Now, here in chapter 7, we see just the opposite. We see the same location, the same enemy, 20 years later, and now Samuel's setting up a, a victory. He's setting up this stone to celebrate their victory over the same enemy, and he calls it Ebenezer. Verse 12, when he says, Samuel took the stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. And he's saying, look, God has been with us all along, right? And God's faithful to us. And, and so why did God's people have victory here 20 years later in the text that we're reading today? Well, it tells us in verse 3, it says, then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, if you return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroths from among you. And these were the pagan gods they were worshiping, sexual immorality. And prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. <clears throat> so the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroths and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day and said there, we have sinned against the Lord. So here in our text today, they acknowledge their sin. They said, God, it's our fault that we're in the condition that we're in. It's not your fault. And Lord, it's our fault that we're being oppressed by the enemy. It's not your fault. And they admitted that. Now, throughout the Bible, uh, we know that that is a key ingredient for experiencing the kind of fruitful, blessed life that God wants you to have. Remember in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, where God said to his people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. We love that verse, right? We want that for our country. We want revival in our country. We want people to repent of their sins. But in order for people to repent of their sins, people have to acknowledge, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness, right? Remember when Daniel was praying and the nation of Israel had been in captivity in Babylon for 70 years? Daniel didn't pray, God, why are you doing this to us? What did Daniel pray in Daniel 9, verse 8? He said, O Lord, to us belongs shame of face and to our kings and our princes and our fathers because we have sinned against you. See, Daniel understood that their problem was because they, they were sinning against God. He acknowledged their guilt, their sin, and then Daniel prayed after he acknowledged their sin, Lord, help us. There in verse 15, now, O Lord, our God, who brought <clears throat> your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name as it is this day, we have sinned and we have done wickedly. So Daniel acknowledges, God, you brought us out of Egypt. You delivered us from bondage. And Lord, verse 19, O, o Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay 
for your own sake, uh, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. So Daniel first acknowledged we've sinned, and then Daniel prayed, Lord, help us. And what did the Lord do? The Lord helped him, right? And and that's such a simple truth for us to understand. When we try to, uh, you know, hide our sin or make excuses for our sin, we're not going to prosper. We're not going to experience the blessings that God wants for us. But when we confess our sin, the Bible says God is merciful. God is faithful to forgive us our sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, sometimes we think, well, if I sin, and then I sin again, and I sin again, and then I pray and say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. And then we think, well, I've sinned three times, and I knew it was wrong. And Well, you're not the Lord. He's faithful, and he will forgive you. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will.